you know what? You guys have a really good pastor. <clears throat> you know that? Good word. Good, good word, Ryan. I think we could probably just go home <laughs> if you wanted to. We'd, uh, but it'd be more fun for me if we didn't go home. <laughs> but good word. Um, I hope that uh, what I have to share this evening actually just, I, th I think it will dovetail right into what we've been hearing. Uh, by the way, it takes a lot of courage for a church to open up the mic and say, share with us what you feel <clears throat> God has put on your heart and, uh, and to let it fly like that. Good for you. A little scary when you're the pastor. <laughs> not, not, not so scary when you're a visitor. <laughs> say, well, that was interesting, and you go home. The pastor has to deal with it. Um, but good for you. You know, I think that uh, what it really comes down to for us, let me open up my notes here, really of what we've heard and what Ryan shared and what I'm going to share with you tonight, it really comes down to trusting God. And indeed, not without preparation, I was thinking when Ryan was sharing, I was thinking of a couple of, couple of biblical stories uh, I was thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember what they said? They were, they were being persecuted for their faith. And the king said, we're going to heat up the fire, the furnace. I don't, I don't remember the numbers, but like really, really hot. And we're going to throw you in the fire unless you fall down and you worship the, the image. And this is what they said. You remember what they said? They said, our God will deliver us, but... Even if he doesn't, we will never bow down to the image. I was thinking about David and Goliath. Now, he, had to, he, he was prepared for that battle. He was prepared in a number of ways. He knew how to use that slingshot. You know, he didn't learn that that day, right? He was prepared. And he gathers these five smooth, smooth stones and from the untrained eye, that would look like just a very natural kind of solution. But we know that God was with him. So he prepared, and God was with him. And he, I, I love what he says in that story. Uh, he, he can't believe what the giant is shouting out, and he can't believe really at Israel's lack of response. And he says, who is this that would taunt the armies of the living God. See, that's David's perspective. God's not gone. God's right there. God is, is right there with him, never alone. We're going to be talking about that tonight. Never alone. Virus or no virus, never alone. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus said it, right? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's just like saying the piano is at hand. It doesn't mean it's going to come. It doesn't mean it's out there somewhere. Now, the fullness of the next life will be much different than we experience the kingdom of God here now. We do live in a fallen world, but the kingdom of God is here now, and we fall under the rule and reign of God every time we turn to him and we say, Lord, how would you, how would you have us prepare? How, what would you have us do? What would you have us not do? So let me kind of get into this. That was all free. This is the 
the part that's not free. I, I, was, I was struck, too, in, in the songs that we sang. And, uh, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, 47 years ago, you guys haven't even, most of you haven't even been alive 47 years. 47 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that fully. You know what I mean? Now, there's some things that have some pretty good breakthroughs on. The financial thing, I, I, I can pretty much trust the I've learned how to trust God, and that doesn't mean that it always has to be great. It's, I mean, I, I, I pretty much, God's really helped me with that. Judging others, not so much. Harder. Loving my daughter's enemies when she was in high school. F. I got an F on that. (laughs) I I could love my enemies. My daughter's enemies at high school, and she wasn't this terrible. I, I didn't... I'm sorry, this is going to sound really... I didn't know that young girls could treat young girls like young girls can treat young girls. I just didn't know that. And I asked my wife, I said, is this, is this really, does this really happen? She said, yes, it does. I mean, guys, you know, we beat each other up and then become good friends. And then it's <laughs> over with. You know, and I don't mean that, you know, you get it. We live in this day and age. But I, I, the point I'm making is loving my daughter's enemies was much harder for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I've even have that, I made any progress on that. I tried. I asked God, oh, God, please help me. This, this is not going well for me. I, I'm, if I'm supposed to love my enemies and my daughter's enemies, I'm not doing very well. Okay, so our salvation is not a one-time event, and I don't think our surrender is either. It's a progress, right? It's a progression how we learn, how we grow, and we, we are grateful to what God does, and we've surrendered this area in our lives, but then we find this area over here. It's not, it's not going so well as I just shared. So I know you guys know well enough that, that our salvation and our commitment to Jesus is not is, is not something like, you know, I, I did the minimum requirement, I said the prayer, uh, I fulfilled the four spiritual law agreement. You know the four spiritual laws? I don't know if that's still used much anymore, but I, I guess it still is. That's what it was, uh, was shared with me about the four spiritual laws. And, uh, you know, you have a sin problem, but, uh, and because of your sin problem, you're separated from God. But God has made a way for you not to be separated from God, and if you just... This is a little bit of an overstatement, but if you pray the sinner's prayer, then you're in, and God pretty much has to let you in, and there, boom. And so we used to use the statement, um, you know, if you were to die tonight, where would you go? And if you could say, well, I would go to heaven, then you, you know, you had that confidence. And then, uh, but, you know, here's a better question. What if you don't die tonight? How are you going to live your life? Right, and I, I'm not making fun of the. Like I said, 47 years ago, I can remember. I I walked down the aisle of a Baptist church, and I I would say that uh, as best as I can understand it theologically, that before that evening, I had not opened my life up to the Lord. 
And after that night, I, I did something. And I, and I think a transaction did occur. Something happened. And the Lord came to dwell in me. But if, if you asked me, you know, have you given all of your life to God? Uh, I said to my wife this morning, we were in, in, in the, the church we attend, and we were singing one of the hymns, Perfect Submission, All is at Rest. I leaned over to her, and I said, Perfect Submission, perhaps not. You know, no, no, there's not perfect submission. But you get the point that we're on this road learning to trust Jesus with our whole life. And so something like this virus comes along or something else comes along in your life, uh, a terrible disease, and you receive prayer for healing, and, and, it's not, it's, and you're not getting healed, you're on a path of learning to trust God. I'm not saying don't pray for the sick. We pray for the sick. I want to pray for the sick with, with faith that God is going to heal that person. And I want to have faith in God that if that healing doesn't come, we don't bail on the process. We stay in the yoke and we learn and we cry out and we ask God and we, and we seek faithfulness and God leads us. Because after all, and again, I think that many of you know this, but I'm, I'm going to repeat it because Jesus did a lot The gospel that he preached was the gospel of the kingdom of God. It wasn't the gospel of the four spiritual laws. That's that's contained in there, but it's not enough. Some 86 times, depending on the translation you use, in the gospels alone, the principle of the kingdom of God is mentioned. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God when he tells parables about the kingdom and he's declaring over and over again things like this, right? Why are you worried? Well, you know, remember the story of a man in the boat. He's in the boat. He's asleep. And then what do the disciples say? Don't you care about us? Well, why was he asleep? He understands the rule in the kingdom of God. He understood that. Now, I don't get exactly how that works. I don't know. How would that story have ended if they would if he if they hadn't woke him up. I don't know. I just know they woke him up. But I know this. He said, where is your faith? Well, Jesus, I'll tell you where my faith is. The boat is rocking. The waves are crashing over. And it looks like we're going to drown. And you better do something to help us or something. Okay? They hadn't fully understood that the world is a perfectly safe place to be with God with us. Now, that does not mean, as Ryan pointed out, that we will not have tribulation or trouble in this life. Jesus promised we would. So it's both and. It's not either or. But I'm trusting him. I'm learning to trust him no matter what. I'm learning to trust him with everything. It's a progression. I'm not fully there yet. I know I'm his child. I'm not living in fear that every time I make a mistake or lose my temper or whatever, that I'm out. I'm not talking about that. That's been settled. And now I have the rest of my life, as long as God gives it to me here on this plane, right, on this earth that we have, to learn how to access the kingdom of God more and more deeply and more completely and walk with him so that, we, so that peace that surpasses all understanding is actually resting on us. And it's really true. And people see it in us. 
And they say, what is that? I mean, why are you at peace? Why are you, why are you not freaking out about whatever? Fill in the blank. And sometimes our testimony is, well, believe me, I used to. I used to be a very angry person when it came to dealing with my young boys. It's another place I didn't do too well. I do better now. I've learned to let them have the last word. I practice that. I learned that from a, a really good guy. Practice having the last word. I mean, practice not having to have the last word. I like to practice having the last word. <laughs> practice not having the last word. You, 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 you can say those words. You can say, well, we disagree on this particular subject, but I'm going to let you have the last word. That's really painful sometimes. Because the last word sometimes is so bad. <laughs> you know, you're in such disagreement on it. So we're, we're learning to trust God. And what am I trusting him with? I'm trusting him with my whole life. I'm learning to let him have more and more access to me and to my will. I'm learning to yield my will because the biggest threat to the, his kingdom ruling in my life is my kingdom. Right? Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. So I can't be in charge and God is in charge at the same time. I learned to yield. Now there are times when as he trusts us and as we develop character, he lets us choose things, which is wonderful. I mean, he, I mean you, could, you get to choose all the time anyway, but you get to choose the good things, the better things. When I was, I don't think I shared this here, but when I was going through, I, I, I know Ryan's mentioned before, uh, you know, we pastored a little church a long time ago, and I went through a very serious period of burnout. And it, it really kind of ended it. It ended it for me. I mean, it, we ended up closing the church. There's a number of other things that happened. I think we did a good work with the homeless, but it was just really, really hard. And I felt like the Lord said to me one day, you know, if you lay this down, I will be with you. And if you don't lay it down, I will be with you. Now, you know what I had set up in my own heart and mind? If I lay this down, God's going to say, loser, failure, you know. I mean, it's hard for me to really think Jesus would say that, but it's not hard to feel the emotions of that. You just start beating yourself up. And so God lets us choose, and God lets us live with him, and God lets us uh, work through him, I mean, work with him and under him. So let's remind ourselves of this wonderful this phrase, Mark, uh, I think we have it for the, Mark uh, 1, 14 through 15. Now, I, I want to look at it through the amplified version. There it is. Uh, and you can see there's a little bit of, the, the good old amplified version amplifies and adds some words. But it's helping, us, it's helping us understand some concepts here. So Jesus comes into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and says, The appointed period of time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Now what does repent mean? Well, the amplified helps us here a little bit. Change your inner self. Your old way of thinking, that's a really good one. Change the way that you're thinking. That's primarily what that word repent means. Change the way you think. Why? 
Well, let's go on a little bit more. Regret past sins. Okay, that's part of it. That's usually the emphasis that repentance gets. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life and believe with a deep abiding trust in the good news of salvation or often, I mean, salvation can also mean deliverance. I need to think differently about life because the kingdom of God is here, Jesus is saying. And so he's filling it out. I don't just give my life to Jesus one day and then go on my merry way. Now, I want to talk about how we do that, though, because we can look at those words and we can say, well, yeah, okay, I, I, I try to do that. But let me ask you how well it's working. And I ask myself the same question. How well is it working in your everyday, day-to-day life? Let's say you're a computer programmer. How's the kingdom of God affecting you as a computer programmer or as a salesperson or as a med student or as a doctor? How's that working? Well, I tend to separate my life. I think about my business life. I think about my church life. I might think about, you know, my married life. But no, Jesus is asking me to give him all of that and let him work in me and through me through these areas that I'm struggling with. And I will struggle with them. Right? You will struggle. We, tribulation is, is here to stay, as, as we say. So then Jesus comes along and he says things like this. This is why I know I've shared bits and pieces before about the kingdom of God. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Make that a priority. That's the priority. I'm seeking the kingdom in whatever I'm doing. I'm learning how to seek the kingdom. I often forget. You ever forget? You ever find yourself behaving like you don't know Jesus? And you say, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. You kind of go, wait a minute. I just spent the whole day and I didn't see, was there any evidence that I was actually following Jesus and what I said and what I did? And I don't mean that you were just some, you know, rascal and that you, you know, you were every other word was a swear word or whatever. I just mean you, you, weren't, you weren't considering him at all. You weren't asking him for help. You just did it your own way. And we, we get to live like that if we so choose to. But Jesus reminds us and says, no, no. No, no. Seek first my kingdom. Seek first my rule. Change the way you're thinking. You're not alone. Here's a question. Does Jesus know how to do better than you know how to do whatever your area of expertise is? And do you really believe that? Is he smarter than you? Do you really believe that? Is he the smartest man who ever lived? Do you really believe that? I say a lot and Ned's nodding. Do you behave like that? That's a little different. I get it. And that's really good for us to be honest. Do I live like that? I may believe it. And I want to suggest to you that the New Testament teaching of belief means that I I believe I'm believing something when I'm prepared to act as if it is so. That's the difference. And that's hard for us to admit. Every now and then my son, my, one of my two sons will say to me, <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. 
don't you read your Bible? And I want to say back to him sometimes, don't you do your Bible? Because the point is, it's not, it's, not, it's not reading it, right? I mean, okay, I read my Bible today. Good, that's good. I read my Bible today, and that's a good thing to do. That's a good practice to do. The question is, am I doing the Bible? Because that's, that's the question Jesus asked. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? And that can sound like work salvation. But let's get it really clear. We're already talking about, we're already saved. So we're not talking about, we're not earning that. We're not earning anything. But we are expending effort to learn how to allow the kingdom's influence in my life by perhaps memorizing scripture, going back to Psalm 91, like uh, Ryan shared, and living in that for a while and getting really used to it and getting very familiar with it and asking the Lord, Lord, help me see where I'm fearing. Help me see where I don't make you my refuge. Help me grasp the nearness of who you are. Psalm 139, that's where I've been spending uh, a lot of time and I'm working on memorizing it, not so that I can quote it to somebody and say, hey, look, I quoted Psalm 139, so that it is in me. So that it's in me. The Lord has searched me and known me. He knows everything that I, that I, before I say it. He knows when I sit down. He knows when I rise up. He scrutinizes my path and my lying down. I, I want that in me so that I don't forget through the day. So I'm living in that. Oh, Lord, I just said X, Y, Z. You knew that I was going to say it. Now, I don't think that means that he controls what I'm going to say, he just knows what I'm going to say. That's the way it is like with children. You can watch little children. You know what they're about to do. You see their little wheels turning, and they're walking over the cookie on the table, and they look this way, and they look that way, and you say to yourself, right, they're going to grab that cookie, and they do. You didn't make them grab the cookie. You just knew it, and that's, what, that's the way I think the Lord works with us. So I want to... Grow in my belief in what I say I believe theologically that I actually practice that. Now, I want to turn, it's interesting because uh, Ryan again mentioned the book of Proverbs. I want to look at uh, two passages. We won't look at them in depth there, but how how do I do this? How do I allow the kingdom's influence and uh, to bear on my life more. If I, if I, if I want to do this, how do I do it? I don't just try harder because uh, that can be a temptation. Well, I just, I'm gonna, this time I'm going to really mean it. This time I'm going to really, I'm going to go out this door tonight and I'm going to say, uh, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And I'm going to try really, really hard now. Well, that often doesn't work for us too much. What, what, what we need to know is, How do I actually approach it? And there's an interesting principle, I think, in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs talks about wisdom and the personification of wisdom. And it says in chapter uh, 1, in in one particular part, we have that up there? Um, uh, uh, Yeah, Proverbs 1.20. Did I not give you 1.20? It's all right if I didn't. Okay, well, let me just read it it to you. Proverbs says this in chapter 1. Verses 20 and 22. Wisdom is calling out in the busy streets of life to all who would listen. Now it goes on and it says, but the scoffers would not listen. 
There we go. Wisdom cries out in the street. In the market, she raises her voice at the head of the noisy streets. She cries out at the entrance of the city gates. She speaks, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, uh, if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you and I will make my words known to you. I think I started thinking about this. Wisdom is shouting out in the streets. Is that really happening? Do you think think that wisdom is calling out to us? I think it is. I think there's a lot of noise as well, and it hinders us from hearing what wisdom is wanting to say to us. Wisdom is the Lord speaking to us. Now that passage makes it really clear that there are people that scoff at that and they don't think that's really happening. But if wisdom is that, see, I think that this is reaching forward into the New Testament. Paul says things, Paul says, in him we live and move and have our being. The Lord is near, Paul will say. Wisdom is, is speaking to you. Wisdom wants to help you. The wisdom of God wants to rest on you. Again, Ryan was encouraging us to be wise about this virus. Good word. Lord, how can I be wise? Understand that before you even ask, God wants to speak to you. That the door really is open. Now, my challenge is, and I believe probably your challenge is, to clear out enough noise so where I can hear it. To walk down a street or to walk into my place of business or to walk into your home or to walk wherever it is that you're living your life in all these various places and being quiet enough to hear the still small voice of wisdom that calls out to us. Let him have the last word. Tell your wife how much you appreciate how she stocks up oatmeal for you. You can hear those nudges if you will listen for them. I know they come sometimes like you just think they're just your good thoughts. Eh, they might be. But I think sometimes more than not, they're actually, it's really God speaking to us. Did you notice that person over in the uh, grocery aisle in Safeway uh, getting the apples, whatever, and the Lord may say, uh, I find this, this happens quite often. Just pray for them. Not, not often I don't go up to them and pray for them. You could. That's a good thing. But I, sometimes I pray for a lady trying to catch the bus today. We stopped on our way over to get gasoline. And here was a lady running. I, I, couldn't, I didn't know where she was running. She was running. And I just said, I said, oh, Lord, help this. I don't know where she's running. Help her. And then the bus pulls up, and she gets on the bus. Now, did my prayer affect her catching the bus? I don't know. But I know that I, was, I, I can practice being sensitive and saying yes to God. And that's a really good thing to practice because I'm not very good at that, right? So you practice what you're not good at. 
You practice saying yes. You practice telling your wife how much you appreciate her. You practice affirming your sons. You practice telling your friends how much you appreciate them, and on and on and on and on and on. But I want you to really get that it's God that is wants to that is with us, that is helping us, often I believe more than we know. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. And he's helping us, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Now, in uh, Proverbs, um, let me see here. In Proverbs 2, 1 through 7, look at this. It continues, it continues on, and then the chapter 2 comes along. I've re- I read this passage a long, long time ago, and it's never, it's never left me. My son, if you receive my words, that's what we're talking about, right? If you receive my words, treasure up my commandments with you. You make your ear attentive to wisdom. Hear all these action words? Incline your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight. You know how you call out for insight? Lord, give me insight. You're working on a project. And here's another little tip and urge. Don't make this just about spiritual things. Let, learn to let God, learn to hear God speak to you about the mundane project you have at work that's not working, or whatever it might be, or the fellow employee that's just hard to get along with. Call out for insight. God, this person, you know, and, and you just ask him for help. Help me. How do I respond to this? How do I solve this issue? How do I solve this problem? How do I fix this machine? In my world, it's machinery. How do I adjust the inventory like this? And here's what I find. And I bet many of you have found this too. Can you say son of a gun in church? Son of a gun, he'll, son of a gun, he'll help you. He'll, he'll just help you. You get a flash of insight. And you say, oh, I didn't know. Oh, oh, that's the answer. And you go and, once again, son of a gun. That is the answer. I don't even know what son of a gun means. I don't even, I don't know. I mean, it's just a weird thing, right? Why don't we say son of a gun? I know it's better than the other son of a, I know that. I know that. Okay? You can't say that one in church. Um, but you find it's, it's, it's a progression, right? When we said surrender is a progression, surrender is a process. You find that he, he speaks to you and he helps you and he gives you guidance. And you look back and you see the path, the, the process, just, just bright with his uh, uh, Light of, of um, I'm, I'm losing it here. You see in, in the, the path just bright with his guidance and his shining lights. And just, just, just what am I trying to say, Ryan? You, there you go. And, but you look forward and you don't see it that clearly, right? You look back, you see, you see how clear you look forward. And, oh, how am I going to, you know, here's, here's a strange thing. And I had to finally confess to my wife that I was just, I was just so off base, and I confessed to the Lord too. I'm in the ripe old age of 64. I'm not ready to retire yet. 
but I'm ready. But I'm I'm thinking about what retirement might look like, and how and how do I work that out? Now, here's here's what I've never done before. I've never retired before, so I don't know what that's like. And frankly, there's a apprehension around it. How's this going to work? And how's it going to? And you know what? This is this is what not to do based on what Ryan said. Fear started creeping in, and I started worrying about it. And uh, I told my wife, I said, well, you know, we've got to be careful of this, we've got to be careful of that, and so on and so forth. She said, yeah, 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 yeah. And finally, I was, I, was, I was sitting alone, and I was just seeking to hear from God, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, this is how I was. <laughs> uh, so I've helped you, like, all along in your life. <laughs> and... Um, you know, like this issue and this issue, and he brought me back to specific things that he had helped solve, right? So, like, I don't get it. You don't think that I can help you with this issue. And I can't tell you why, because, I mean, somebody else could have come along and said that to me. I just, I got it. I just got it. I just went, oh, yeah. Yeah. You have helped me all along. Like, duh, you know? You will help me, won't you? And so I went to my wife and I said, honey, you know what? And I said, I have just been so off base with this thing. I don't know. I fear God in and I just, and I'm not just trying harder. I'm not trying harder to believe. God met me. See, that's what I want you to hear tonight. God met me. His kingdom met me. He was there with me. I wasn't just thinking better theology. That certainly can be part of it, but that's, it's not Emmanuel, God, with us. I'm with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you. I used to say to my daughter, she's a little, little, little thing in the car seat. She would, she had this, she was worried that I was going to get out of the car and go into the store and not wait till she got out of the car seat. You know, when they get old enough to where they can get themselves out, it still takes a little bit of time to you know, work that. She's 27 now. And she used to say to not, I don't mean she's doing it now. I just mean when she was, you get it, right? She used to say to me, Daddy, don't leave me. Oh, and it would break my heart when I would hear her say that. I said to her, Honey, I could never leave you. I never, I never forget about you. I, I'm grateful. I mean, I, do, I, never, I never did. I know you're back there every moment. Sometimes it's because you're kicking the seat. <laughs> but, but, I'm, I'm, but I'm thinking about you, right? You're the apple of my eye, babe. I couldn't do that. Now, if that's true, Jesus said, right? If you're heavenly, if your parents, if your father, your earthly father knows how to give good gifts to you, how much more? I mean, do you think God can forget you? Not a chance. Not a chance. Does it sometimes feel like he may have forgotten you? Yes, it feels that way. But it's not the truth. It just feels like that. Like my daughter felt 
like I could forget her. Did that change my heart towards her? Not a chance. But the feeling was very real for her. And so she had to learn that dad's consistent, that what dad says is, is, is going to happen. And in that case, I never, ever left her. I never, ever forgot her. And I'm grateful for that. I'm just using that as a, as a real-life example of how much more God will do the same for us. And so we, we learn to live under the reign of the king. And he's with us, and he's orchestrating things for us, and he's giving us breakthrough. And when, and when, he, when the breakthrough doesn't come the way we expect it to come, we trust him with outcomes anyway. I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to beg. I just say, well, the will of the Lord be done. And I trust him. Now, here's, uh, I'll wrap up with this. Here's, here's a good test to know that I'm, that I'm, I'm doing this and that I'm, I'm walking this. When a trial comes, where do I go? Where do I go with my fear? Where do I go? See, like in, that, in that story I told you about retirement, you see, that, that was showing me something. Now, we don't feel shame about that. We just say, ah, not good. So I got to work on that. I got to invite God into that. A trial comes. And James, in chapter 1, says something audacious like this. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces something. What's it produce? Endurance or steadfastness. Knowing that this testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then he says this, but if any of you lack wisdom, wisdom, there it is again, wisdom, wisdom is sneaking around us. Wisdom is hunting us down. Wisdom is calling out to us. If any of you lacks wisdom, do what? Ask of God. And what will God do? And God will give gifts to all men generously or without reproach. The pipeline of wisdom is wide open to us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to help us. He is helping us. He is speaking to us. And we just want to learn how to trust that more and walk on that and practice it and be honest with our fears. Don't don't fake it. Don't pretend. Don't say you're not afraid when you're afraid. That doesn't impress God. You know, I think angels are looking down and go, what's going on with that person? Oh, he's pretending that he's not afraid. (laughs) And... and, uh, the father knows he's totally afraid. In fact, look at him. He's, he's shaking. He's all freaked out about uh, retirement, you know, and he's acting like, uh, like he's not, blah, 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 blah. Goes, oh, what's the, what's the, well, the, the father's going to meet him. Watch this. The Holy Spirit's going to come. Oh, look. Oh, look. He realized that he's afraid. And then the Lord started bringing him to his remembrance. That's the other key in this. We have to practice remembering and recollection of what God has already done. Jesus did that a lot. He would say to his disciples, don't you remember this and don't you remember that? 
I met you here, the book of Exodus, over and over again. Remember how I led you through here? Remember? How? And it just shows us a picture of how easy it is for us to forget. So Paul comes along and says, you've got to practice renewing your mind. I've got to renew it and remember and say, the Lord is here. I set my mind on him and the Lord meets me. So we live in this time right now where this coronavirus and the media and all this, and this broken world is doing its best to try to frighten us and to freak us out. Wisdom says, prepare, prepare wisely. Don't give in to fear. Don't act like as if God's not around. He is. Practice praying for one another, protection. Invite the Lord. Look up passages of Scripture about protection. Be wise. Don't throw away uh, good health practices. Very good. Wonderful. We don't have to throw our brains away. Trusting God isn't throwing our brain away. Trusting God is thinking and reasoning. And the Lord will help us and he will meet us. And if at the moment he doesn't, it doesn't work out the way we would expect it to, can we have a vision of becoming the kind of men and women who are able to say with great confidence, even if he doesn't, we will never fall before the false image. We will never fall to the lie. We will never give in to that because our God that allowed his son Jesus to go all the way to the cross for the joy set before him endured the shame and then rose again and sat down at the right hand of God. That's who we're following. We're following someone who went all the way to the cross to the cross bore our sins, and invites us to trust God with his grace, with his power, with his encouragement, never alone, blazing the trail for us, saying, come along, you can trust me. And then we live for all eternity in the next life. And it will be here sooner than we know. And then we'll say to each other, it was really true. It was really true. More than, more than we could even imagine. Let's pray. Can I invite you to stand as we pray? I'm going to let Ryan take over here in just a second. I just want to pray for you and bless you. And Ryan can wind us up the way he so feels led. Lord, here we stand, men and women, followers of you, carving out time in our lives, carving out ways to surrender to you, learning how, making mistakes, getting back up, pressing on, worshiping you, crying out, trying to learn to hear from you more accurately sitting under the umbrella of the reality that the kingdom of heaven is here at hand. Would you teach us, continue to teach us 
how to think differently about our lives because of who you are and because of what you've already done. And God, would you wake us up to the memories of things that you've already brought us through. I speak against the lies of the enemy that tempts you to forget, men and women, what God has already done. May those memories just flourish. May you go home this evening thinking about memory after memory and occurrence after occurrence of how faithful God has been, those times when you thought there was no way out and there was a way and God made a way. Because indeed, as the song says, he's the way maker. That's what he does. He makes the way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And his promise to us is he will direct your paths. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I think that was a great way to wrap it up. Yeah.